Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the podcast series developed and sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org. In each one of these podcasts, we read, translate, study, and analyze one of the aliyot of the current week's parashah. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom, and it's been my honor to be studying parashat Balak with you this week. And we will continue now with the fifth aliyah, which uh, is relatively short. It's in Bamin Bar, Perak Chaf Gimel, chapter 23 of Bamin Bar, beginning with Pasuk Yod Gimel, verse 13, and continuing on until verse 26, all of 14 Psukim. And uh, to pick up where we left off, Bil'am has been summoned by Balak, the king of Moab, to curse the people of Bnei Israel. And again, as I mentioned in the first podcast in this series, this is a unique parasha, the only parasha from the beginning of Sefer Shemot on, and really from Lech Lechan, in which the focus is not the tribe. In Breshit, it's the Abrahamic tribe, then the, the Jacobin tribe, if you will, uh, and then Yosef. But from the beginning of Shemot, the focus has always been on Bnei Yisrael. Sometimes it's been a split focus between Bnei Yisrael at the foot of the mountain and Hashem and Moshe at the top of the mountain. Uh, between particular components, like in Sefer Vayikra, most of the focus is on the Mishkan. But here in Parshat Balak, almost the entire piece, until the last Aliyah, focus is with Bnei Israel in the far background, and the foreground is occupied chiefly by the two antagonists, Bil'am and Balak. Bil'am came to the first location that Balak set up for him to see the people and curse them, and of course, he didn't curse them, he didn't really bless them, although it's what Balak accused him of, but he certainly praised the people. Now we pick up in Pasuk Yod Gimel, and there will be a second attempt. Come with me now, not again now, to another place. You'll see him from there. Me and the nation. You'll see only part of him, but not the whole thing. And curse him from there. And again, that word kavo. Uh, instead of la orer, that word for cursing, which again in the seventh Aliyah I'll mention some of the uh, philological connection in our parasha. But this entire approach is built upon the pagan worldview, and this is probably the best place to introduce it. We really can't understand the parasha, Balak's requests, Bil'am's machinations, without understanding the pagan worldview. And that is that in the pagan worldview, there are gods who control what goes on, but more significantly, there are unseen forces that force the gods to act. And a magician, a wizard, a sorcerer who knows how to pull the right strings, do the right ritual with the right incantation at the right time, can force the hand of these unseen forces to force the gods to do his bidding. It is essentially an anthropocentric universe. A centric universe in which man stands at the middle, and if man has the proper mojo, he knows how to really manipulate heaven and earth. And so Balak's idea is, let's shoot for another location. In other words, it's not up to God's will, it's not an issue of morality or correct, or, or, or rectitude, it's an issue of location, uh, amount of sacrifices brought, uh, words used, etc. So Balak says, it didn't work from that place, let's go to another place. And Balak doesn't get the essential point, which is, God is not going to allow his people to be cursed. Bilam has tried to communicate that to him, but Bilam is going along for the ride. So where do we go? 
Now, the minute you hear Tzofim, you know that it's got to be a high place from where you can look down. So there's some sort of a field on this high place, El Rosh HaPisga, on top of Pisga. Pisga means the peak. And again, as he did in the earlier place, he sets up, and here Bilam didn't even tell him to do it. Evidently, Balak understood. That's part of his setup. He sets up seven altars and brings one par, one aisle, one bull, and one ram on each piece. And now Bilam says to Balak, Stand here over your Ola, and I will go over there and try to encounter. Meaning I will again encounter God, just as we had in the previous one. However, notice that, again, Bilam is trying to direct things. He's going along with Balak's approach, which is, if we didn't work there, let's try it over here. Uh, and uh, and he's going to make this attempt. And again, he tells Balak to do the same thing he had last time, stand by the Korban Ola, and uh, and I will go and uh, encounter God. Vayikar Adonai Bilam. God encounters Bilam. Again, as I mentioned last time, the difference in Vayikar and Vayikra, huge difference. Vayasim Davar Bafiv. And he puts words in his mouth and he instructs him. Vayomer Shuv El Balak Vachotadaber. Go back and this is what you should tell him. And again, the word ko, which Bilam has used, and I mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts, how the parallels between Bilam's story of ascent to Moab, and the travel to Moab, parallel the story of the Akedah, as opposite parallels, as a Hakbalan Nigudit, you have the same thing here with the use of the word ko, which Avraham uses, we will go to that place, ko being a, a, a sort of a pointing to a place in the distance. But here he says, you go back to Balak, and this is what you should say to him. Now, we don't yet hear what God said, but we'll find out. He comes, Balak is standing at attention next to his Ola. And Balak says, so what did God say? In other words, again, is God going to give you the approval to curse the people? Or has God cursed the people? And notice now how much Balak and his ministers are replicating here what happened back in Bilam's hometown when the delegation came and waited for Bilam to have his vision and find out what the story was. And now Bilam begins to speak. Poetic way of saying, Balak, listen to what I have to say, but now this is not my words, it's the words of God. And this is an essential repudiation of the pagan worldview when it comes to Hashem. God is not a man that he is going to lie, or shall we say change his mind. Or a man who will regret and change his mind. This, of course, is a serious theme in Sefer Shmuel, Perak Tedvav, and the whole story of Shaul and Agag. Hahu amar If God said it, he's not going to do it. He's not going to fulfill it. Meaning, God says, I have blessed these people, I've taken these people as a blessing, and I'm not going to take that blessing back. You expect me to change? I've, I've declared that these are blessed people. You expect me to change? God is not a man like that. He be bought up, bought off. And now begins a a true praise for Am Yisrael. There is no Avin. Avin is a reference to sin, but sin specifically in the context of idolatry or divination. And again, a word that's used by Shmuel in Perak Tevav Pasuk Chafet um, and Chav Gimel in Shmuel Aleph. Where, uh, where Shmuel castigates Shaul for his wrong-headed approach 
to korbanot. So lohi bitavin biyakov v'lora amal biyisrael amal here being sin. Adonai eluhav imo utrat melech bo. Hashem is his God is with him, and the sounding of the king, the blasting for the king. This pasuk, of course, famously is used as part of the shofarot uh, in in Rosh Hashanah. El motziyam mimitzrayim ketoafot raem lo. And, and many of these psukim are, again, as I mentioned earlier, like a prism, can be interpreted in many different ways. God who took them out of Mitzrayim like a, like this re'em animal, like a mighty animal. Kilo nachash biyakov. This doesn't mean a snake. Nachash means divination. Kilo kesem Israel. There's no wizardry here. Now, what it means to, to Balak is wizardry is not going to work on them because they are not involved in the world of wizardry. They are beyond that. This is seen as an eschatological vision that in the future Yaakov and Yisrael will find these things out, these things about uh, how God is working in the world or the future. But on a simple shot level, if such such could be said about this beautiful poetry, the notion is that they communicate directly with God. They don't go through machinations and through sorcery. This nation gets up like a lion, this and carries itself like a lion. And now, here is a statement that for the first time is turning against Moab. Till now, it's a great nation, a beautiful nation, a holy nation, but not anything that's really threatening to Moab. Now, this nation is like a lioness. It carries itself like a lion. It will not lie down until it eats its prey and it drinks the blood of those that it's killed. This is a mighty, powerful nation. What is Balak's response? Of course, And again, as I mentioned before, Bil'am with the donkey very much replicates Balak with Bil'am. The first time that Bil'am had trouble with the donkey, the donkey just went off the wrong direction. Bil'am hit him, but very likely by the second time when he was crushing his leg, he probably would have been happy if he only been going in the wrong direction. And by the third time, he probably would have been happy for him crushing his leg instead of not moving at all. In the same way, Balak's first statement is, how could you bless them? Now he's saying, at least keep quiet. Don't curse them and don't bless them. And what's Bilam's answer? Bilam's answer now takes it a step further. It's not just that I cannot, uh, bl- I cannot help, I cannot curse them if God will not let me curse them. It's more than that. Vayan Bilam Vayomra Balak. already told you. Whatever God tells me, I'm going to do. And with that ends this aliyah, and with that ends this second attempt of Balak and Bilam to curse the people. But notice what it is that uh, Bilam says. It's not just that I can't curse them if God hasn't cursed them. I also can't restrain giving the, from giving the blessing if that's what God has commanded me to do. And again, for the fifth out of five times, the Baalam, the Masoretes, had the aliyot end exactly at a point where that same message comes across. Whatever God commands this prophet, that's what the prophet has to do. And imagine that. This is an evil man, a man who will find out later, dies as a result of his dastardly plan and advice. Um, however, and we'll find that out only in a couple of weeks, uh, and say for Yoshua, however, even he realizes whatever it is that God tells him, he, he is bound to that. We'll pick it up with the sixth aliyah, Pasuk Chavzai in the next podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.